Spud Goodman is the host of the show. He is a cynical and occasionally mean-spirited underachiever. He also carries a spatula and drinks Pepto-Bismol. Yes, that familiar theme music warns you that it's time once again for the Spud Goodman Radio Show, 60 minutes of audio on the internet. So now, without further ado, here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, Accordion Joe. Because to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected, he wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, who goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here he is, the head cheese meister of the world wide web. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud Goodman. And uh, I hope you're a living, breathing person somewhere around the world listening right now. I mean, nothing against bots, but, you know, we've set the bar higher than that. Our our targeted audience has blood coursing through their veins. Um, You know, now that the numbers on our stats, in our stat sheets, uh, where we can actually look at our ratings, I guess you would call it, um, they say a hit's a hit regardless, but, you know, if DNA's involved or not, to me it's important, all right? I know better. I'm not a technophobe, but I just understand that the value of a human over a robot is significant. And speaking of robots, say hello to our temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, Hello, Spud. Uh, Listen, I'm quite encouraged by what I learned at our staff meeting last week. You know, that our listeners' numbers are continuing to rise each month. It's pretty exciting. I I guess, but... You know, if you continue to do a show each week, the numbers pretty much have to go up, right? I, well, I, I know they're much better now than when we first started a while back. Uh, you know, they were definitely below the Mendoza line then. But I'm not going to be satisfied until we rule the Internet. And, and until then, we basically suck. Well, it, listen, you're clearly a glasses-half-empty guy, Spud. Absolutely. I myself, I, I've learned from a pretty darn successful career in sales that it's all about perspective. The mind, it's a powerful instrument. Yeah, I can't play an instrument, so so maybe that explains my lack of optimism. Spud, you are such an enormously annoying guy. Like right now, I want to slot you like a fly. And that surely is no lie, so no need to even ask why. Well, are you ready to give the director from Lori, our executive producer, a shot? She laid out an impressive presentation of how this action could take the show to another level. You really want to do this on the air tonight? I think I would rather poke myself in the eye with pickup sticks. Oh, what have we got to lose? Let's let's give it a go tonight. And if it doesn't pick up the numbers, well, then we could gently ask Lori if we could drop the campaign. You go first. I'm horrible at this. It's it's hard to come up with a really cool catchphrase. A catchphrase is an expression recognized by its repeated utterance. Such phrases often become the de facto or literal trademark or signature of the person or character with whom they originated and can be instrumental in the typecasting of a particular actor, 
Listen, have you heard some of the catchphrases on shows these days? We can compete with some of the drivel you hear on network TV and movie studio promos. Bud, we can do this. Like I said, you go first. Okay, okay. How about this? The Spud Goodman Show is snap, crackle, pop, and fresh for you each week. Um, I doubt we're going to be hearing people saying that around the water cooler tomorrow. And you know, you just slightly changed one word from a cereal commercial that has been on the air for like 50 years. It was the gold standard. That's correct, all right? I mean, yours has pop it instead of pop. Well, yeah, yeah. Don't mess with perfection. Uh, listen, I also inserted fresh after poppin' because that worked well for Pillsbury for years. So it's completely a different take, if you will. Listen, Spud, in advertising, you have to be willing to push the limits if you want to break through to the masses. I have in my lifetime maybe taken a few things that didn't belong to me. You know, mostly stuff, you know, owned by big chain grocery stores, you know. Yeah. And one, you know, maybe particularly well-known mini, mini mart that sells Slurpees. Oh, I know but I would one. never take anything from a regular person, as that would be wrong. And messing with the Rice Krispie catchphrase is way more than wrong. Well... Listen, good luck getting anywhere in marketing if you think you can refrain from borrowing previous concepts that's been proven successful. It's what modern advertising is all about. Listen, just don't tell me about advertising, all right? I have <sighs> seen every single episode of Mad Men, you know, but I, and I get what you're saying, yeah. you know, but some things you just don't mess with, and classic serial ads are at the top of the list. But right now, I need to get some music to start the show off right. Here's a band that uh, regular listeners of this show know I dearly love. In fact, I can hardly wait to catch them playing next week with Mud Honey. They actually rock harder now than when they started up in their teenage years. Here are the Sonics from 1966 with a live cut of their classic The Witch.
This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, it's Carney Wilson from Wilson Phillips, and you're listening to the one and only Spud Goodman on the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, uh, Spud, our first guest is holding for you. Cool. I'm a big fan of this guy. Hey, did you know that D.L. Hewley did a guest appearance on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in 1993? No, but I could have gone to IMDb just as easily as you. Uh. So don't think, you know, that you've discovered some deep, dark secret about his early career. The internet can mistakenly make amateurs like you feel like you're capable of running with the big dogs like me. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to encroach on your territory. Okay, then. I, I know you enjoy doing extensive research before doing your interview segments. I'm sorry. All right, apology accepted. Put him through. Okay. Please welcome actor, writer, comedian, and political commentator D.L. Hewley, who, by the way, also has a nationally syndicated radio show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. And I didn't know that. Usually you put all that under somebody's name. They're not here anymore. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm still around, man. You are. So anyway, thank you for calling in tonight. So let's begin with your syndicated radio show. We're in a uh-huh. few, we're in a few markets. So where can people find it? Well, we're actually in Seattle too. We have a, right. one of our affiliates in Seattle. So these uh, call letters escape me right now. But we're in Seattle. We're in like 56 markets. Uh, we're in like New York. We're in like Tampa. We're in uh, Cleveland and Birmingham. We're just a bunch of cities all over the country. Is there a website where people can go to uh, just to find specific information? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, www. Uh, the the All right, super. Um, well, it's nice to know there's a voice out there on the air these days. It's not like a fire-breathing caveman with an active membership <laughs> in the new and improved John Birch Society. So uh, what do you deal with on your show? Well, everything. We, we, we play music. We have conversation. I mean, I guess the biggest uh, topic in the country right now is the SAE fraternity. I mean, right. uh, you know, those cats singing those racist chants, and it's amazing to me how, um, you know, uh, they didn't, you know, like, they were freshmen, <laughs> freshman pledges, so they didn't learn that song in one day. Hell, I still haven't, one year, they haven't learned that in their first year. I, I still haven't learned all the words of Frere Jacques, so I'm sure that they, uh, and I think it's ironic how, we uh, blame everything except, you know, we'll tear down the frat house, but I don't think they learned that song in the frat house. If you want to learn, know where they learned that song from, you got to go to the house they were raised in. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> they talked about what came from rappers. Rappers don't say lynching. <laughs> rappers is not. Their fraternity is 159 years old. Rap is 40. Right. <laughs> so they didn't get that word. It's almost like they almost try to make it seem as if um, um, the, the whole... Uh, thrust of what they're coming from that they learned that word from a hip hop song and that they learned it from culture the, the word the n-word has been around in English literature much longer than it's been around in published art and published, published, published music yeah I think they tried to spin that one and throw it up against the wall but it didn't really stick uh, for anybody with a brain some <laughs> yeah well <laughs> it, 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 okay alright um, so what's your projection on the 2016 voter turnout numbers because who's actually going to be able to vote by then because in some states it's going to become some kind of like secret handshake before they let you into the well, voting booth absolutely yeah. it's, it's funny how if you watch Selma we've gone back I, you know I think that um, when you generally I think the psychology of people when you tell them they can't do something they do so I don't know um I think it'll be a question of motivating people to get out and vote, um, as opposed to whether they can or not. I think that they they definitely thrown up some impediments to voting, but uh, yeah. I think that nothing. Well, when you look at it, nothing, that, you know, having to bring a driver's license is 
is, uh, I think, a little bit, um, it, it certainly is a, it's them reaching, trying to make it harder to vote. But it ain't as hard as people having to walk through dogs and <laughs> risk getting hung. So I think on balance, um, there's no excuse not to vote if you really want to. True. Well, um, well, let's do a little bit of This Is Your Life. You were born and raised in L.A., and I read that you had a little bit of contact with the gang scene growing up as a teenager. Is gerrymandering an issue with gangs that looks, as it looks like? The turf's kind of cut up pretty much the way Republican legislatures have been doing business the last few years. It kind of Well, you know, I hadn't thought about it like that, but I guess you would say it is. It is kind of cut up like that. But, yeah, I think when you grow up in the inner city, I grew up in the inner city of Los Angeles, right. I think not really too much different than a lot of people growing up in a lot of inner cities around the country. I think you, you side with the cats you closest to, which generates your neighborhood. And then you grow up, and then you learn that uh, the world is a lot bigger than the world you live in right now, and it gives you a lot more perspective. And that is, if you're fortunate enough to grow up and get out of that environment, it's just a shame that so many people only see what's in front of them right now. All right. Spud. I know you're a big fan of DL, but maybe you should ask him about Look, his Look, no one likes a backseat driver. I'm trying to maintain my focus here with him. Keep the interview moving, and you just interrupted me and killed my momentum? That is not what a co-host is supposed to provide. Well, a real co-host would be able to join in the discussion with guests like DL Hewley, picking and choosing spots where they can elevate the conversation. If you feel threatened by others on your team who could provide assistance, then so be it. Just be aware, I'm here for you should you need me. I should never need you. How many times do I have to tell you this? This is a one-man operation. You are a floor lamp or an end table, i.e. not necessary. Is that plain enough for you? And now I hope DL is still with us. Well, the the film, The Kings of Comedy, the documentary directed by Spike Lee, I spoke to Cedric the Entertainer about you, Bernie Mac, Steve Harvey, and Harvey and him going up against each other, like, you know, night after night on the tour. So my question is, right. to you is, how demanding was Spike? Was he an inv invisible presence, or did he just get involved well, in the editing just, room? Uh, yeah, Spike came at the last, you know, we had already had the, uh, the, the show together, and he okay. came kind of, uh, you know, and just uh, shot, you know, the, the what we were already doing. But it wasn't, I think everybody wants to do well. Like, well, I'm on the tour right now called the Black and Brown Comedy Get Down with me, George Lopez, the huh. Entertainer, Mike Epps, um, Super. Eddie Griffin, and Charlie Murphy. So um, I think that what you learn is that you respect, you want to do well, but you don't want to do it at the expense of somebody else. I mean, you don't have to blow, your, blow somebody else's candle out to make yours burn brighter. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's always been our mentality, and it's easier to work with people that uh, work from that perspective. All right, super. Well, in 2013, you were on Dancing with the Stars. Margaret Cho <laughs> has been a guest here a few times, and she said you can make major bank on that show if you hang around for a while. So my question is, how competitive is the vibe before the show? Is it like comparable to the NFL locker room before kickoff with everybody zoned out with their headphones Only getting ready to people dance? people who are good at dancing. I imagine the people who are good at dancing. Yeah. They have for me, it wasn't that competitive. Cause I, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of myself because I was the one black dude that changed the perspective that all black people could dance. So I was, I was very proud of that. But uh, I think it, it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, it is kind of, uh, they, they are very definitely uh, want to challenge each other. And there's a little testosterone when people feel like they got a chance of winning. Yeah, well, um, you didn't do that bad, by the way. I think you're being uh, a little hard on yourself, but all right. Um, <laughs> you, you had a show on CNN, and I was wondering if Wolf Blitzer is actually a live person, as I read, or something. You know, I read something on the internet that said he might be a, actually you know, a hologram. I, I can't, I can't say that I ever saw him standing up. I did walk past his. There you coffin. go. I mean, it's the coffee gets once in a while, but no, no, of course he's a, <laughs> he just he, he is a kind of a 
you know, he's an interesting looking cat. I'll say that. All right. Um, a couple more questions before I let you go. As a frequent guest on Bill Maher's HBO show, how tough is it to get in a point or two when someone on the panel totally dominates the discussion? Because, I mean, if, if I really love Cornell West, but if he's on the panel when I'm on, I might call in sick and try to get bumped to the next week. Well, I think uh, it depends. I mean, like anything else, you got to pick your shot. Yeah. Like, what do athletes say? you got to let the game come to you. It's no, it's no different when you're on panel. All right, all right. I remember. I'm right. I'm writing that down. Um, is, is the impact of Fox News? This is a question I want to hit you with. Uh, real or an imaginary monster that makes some people wet themselves? Because in reality, what? it's you know they don't they what they get 1.8 million viewers, and I'm pretty sure Honey Here Comes Honey Boo Boo killed that number in its heyday. Well, I think that it is their perception that is greater than their, and the idea that uh, they are willing to you know they gin up fear to to, to be popular, and it's, it's generally. Their, their demographic can't hang around that long because they don't have that much longer to live. They're very, they're pretty old, much, they're older demographic. But I think that the idea of Fox News is um, that they wanted to have a counterpart um, um, to, you know, what they perceived as liberal uh, media outlets. But then they just started lying. Right. I mean, sort of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the way, the best, no yeah. They, they actually have a department of making stuff up. It, it's just, uh, you know, and it's, it's and almost everything is based on either race or status or, or whether you're, you know, whether you're Christian. They, they, they sell hate or they sell uh, modified hate. Um, they, sell, they sell benign hate and they sell benign bigotry. And they sell, you know, it's not the kind that you can just call out directly. It's the kind that boils below the surface and that nobody can directly accuse them of anything. But they, they're very... Uh, I, which I think is actually more sinister than coming out and saying you dislike something or you hate something. Yeah, I mean, that department, they have a state-of-the-art department. I mean, they're, they, they mean, uh, yeah, anyway. So, okay, well, I want to remind everyone that DL has a radio show, his nationally syndicated radio show. So find him in your market. Go to his website. Just find the thing, because this man is very smart and very, very funny. Thank you, Mr. DL Hewley. Hey, man, thank you very much. I'll see you guys soon. Take care. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. All right, musical guest interview time. Please welcome our guest, Furniture Girls. Uh, could you all step up to the mic and do your own starting lineup for our listeners? And Stacy, it's your birthday, so you go first. It's my birthday. I'm Stacy. I am the, as they call it, lead throat of Furniture Girls to my right here on guitars. I'm Jason Lightfoot. It's not my birthday. <laughs> All right, that's for the record. I'm bassist Jim Watkins. I'm Kate Bradley. I'm a singer. I'm Thane, and they won't give me a microphone. Because <laughs> you're a drummer, let's be honest. That's Thane Okay, on the super. Yes. All right. Um, well, I hesitate to lead off with this ill-informed touristy kind of question, but how would uh, you guys describe the sound of Furniture Girls? Ooh. Jim? Uh, several, it's alternative rock, but it's got some electronic flavor in there, too. And some punk. And some funk. Well, all right. Um, Well, you guys have just given birth to a brand new record titled Chaos. Uh, Reassure our listeners that no human lives or exotic animals were harmed in the production of this album. I'm afraid we can't do that. We can't do that. All right. All right. Fine. 
Okay, you're outed on that one. Nothing I can do about it now. Um, if, if the band was suddenly appointed the Grand Poobah of music, what would be your first edict? Because mine would be to correct a hideous error and induct X immediately into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I told John Doe I'm working on that. I've sent two emails to, to that place in Cleveland, so I'm on it. So how about you guys? Uh, I would make Mike Patton president of the United States of America. All right. I can't top that one. All right. All right. Um, What's the name of the first song? Uh, This is going to be Lily. Okay. Well, let's hear it. Get inside. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. 
Goodman Show. Don't touch that mouse. Spud will be right back in just a moment. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, say, Spud, they're saying we have another call holding for you. I didn't get the name. They just said it's a woman. Well, it's better than another guy calling in to ask me if I have any more old spatulas to give away. A spatula is a small implement with a broad, flat, flexible blade. It derives its name from the Latin word for a flat piece of wood or a splint. A diminutive form of the Latin spatha meaning broadsword. You know, we've been getting so many of those calls lately. Screen them, please. All right, put her on. Uh, This is the Spud Goodman Show, right? Am I speaking with Spud? Yes, you are. What what can I do for you? And you don't want a spatula, right? Hopefully you don't, because I'm just about out of them. Uh, A used one? Nah, I don't believe so. So, I have been listening on and off for the last few weeks, and I must say I'm very impressed with the show. It's quite entertaining. Thank you. Especially your co-host, Gerald Holcomb. What Uh, a talent. Well, why didn't you say Uh, so? This guy sitting Uh, right next to me. What are you, like high on bath salts or something? No, I'm just saying he sure seems to be a star in the making if he just got a little more airtime. He's a co-host. Do you understand the job duties of that position? They're supposed to be like lint, hardly noticeable. Now, all I'm saying here is he sure seems to be an underutilized resource on the show. I mean, he's lucky to get a word in edgewise as you pretty much dominate So do, so do. Uh, Seriously, talk to me, talk to me. A friend or a blood relative? uh, Okay. A shill is someone who purposely gives onlookers the impression that they are enthusiastic about a person or product for whom they are secretly working. Well, I... I, I, Uh, No, this is not a setup call. I truly feel that Gerald is amazing on the air, and I speak for listeners around the world uh, who are tuned in right now. The man deserves his own show, and short of that, a much larger role Look, on this show. Americans Look, love a winner. I'm going to get your true identity. I'm going to get it out of you. The person or group who hires the shill is using crowd psychology to encourage other onlookers or audience members to purchase the goods or services or accept the ideas being marketed. The use of shills is common in the marketing of carpet and linoleum. You're going to either crack now mm. or... Or do I have to apply a technique I picked up from that Zero Dark Thirty movie? Hey, man, is this is this your sister? Uh, but your honestly, sister honestly, your... I did not ask her to call in tonight. In fact, I specifically yeah, I requested her... she not do this. Gerald, Gerald, really? You're gonna throw me under the bus like 30 seconds into this call? Okay, so it is, it is the wife. It is the wife. All right. Okay. Uh... You know, I would have gotten her to spill everything in a minute or two, but dude, you, you right now you really seem to be. Sweating profusely? You need a towel or something? Does she always have that effect on you? Uh, I don't know. Rachel, y- you should have respected my wishes here. This this is not going to be helpful, believe me. Oh, it is for me, let me tell you that. <laughs> Gerald, if you just stood up for yourself career-wise just once, we might not be in the position we are now financially. 
You do know it's no secret now with our bankruptcy filing being published. Oh, you, Just tell Spud what you've told me over and over at home. And I don't that. care if when if you are on the air. You are somebody. Yeah, okay. He is a living, breathing human. I will grant you that. Oh, honey, can we talk about this further when I get home in a little bit? This is not the time or place to have this oh, discussion. Oh, no, no. I disagree. The, oh. So, Rachel, can I, can I call you Rachel or do you prefer Mrs. Holcomb? Uh, Rachel's fine. Um, anyway, so would you at least give Gerald a chance to shine? A few moments each show where he can tell a few stories, maybe a joke or two, and oh gosh, he is such a great mind reader. Uh, you could oh, have him super. tell callers what they're thinking, super. and most of the time he has this uncanny ability yeah, to, okay. if not guess correctly, be yeah. pretty darn close. All right. Yeah. Hell Rachel. no, you can't! Rachel, we, we need to get going here. We're running behind, so I love you. I'll see you soon, okay? Well, actually, screw the schedule. You, uh. you, know, you know, this man, or your husband... Uh, to me, just seems so sexually frustrated because oh. he, he said you won't allow Skinamax in the home. Um, I, I really think you should reconsider because it would be a win-win for both of you. Rachel, you don't have to respond to that. But she's got to go check on the kids right now. So uh, Yeah, yeah, I should be looking in on the kids, but yeah. promise me, Spud, you'll at least consider how, how what I suggested. How old are your kids? How old are your kids anyway? I mean, you, you said they were like 14, 12, and 10. Man, when I was that age, I was basically on my own. They're fine. Honey, listen, we have to move on because uh, we have a celebrity guest holding. No, we don't, at least not right now. Nah, I should go. Bye. But I got, I got a few more questions. Okay, fine, fine. Oh, she's gone. <laughs> She hung up, so... If you're still listening, please call again, maybe next week or whatever. I got so many more things to cover with you. Uh, Yeah, so I don't know. Where are you going from here? That threw me off, but you you know what, Spud? I I want to talk a little bit more about the catchphrase, can I? I don't know if you fully understand how an effective catchphrase can totally change the face of a program or movie. Like, uh, does Seinfeld's A Show About Nothing ring a bell? Uh, but, you know, listen, they're literally the lifeblood of Saturday Night Live. But if you can brand yourself in people's minds with a catchphrase that they will always associate with your show, then you're on your way to a hit. It's as simple as that. Show me the 10 lowest rated TV shows last well, year. I can point to each show's terrible catchphrases that were thrown out haphazardly and how to lead to their demise. Really? Well, um... I guess it also hurts a bit if you're putting out crappy shows that are not must-see TV, too, all right? You know, I already have, like, way too many things to worry about than dealing with this thing. We're supposed Hell to... no, you haven't! Well, we're supposed to think up some kind of slogan or something and just slip it in the conversation a whole lot of times, and it slowly sleeps into the minds of the listeners. You know, that sounds really a lot like 1984-ish. And not the year, but that book by that George Orwell uh, guy. It's not brainwashing. It's really an attempt to connect with those who might be regular fans and attract those who've not, you know, given how unlikable you are, aren't listening yet. No, no, no. Being uh, unlikable is highly overrated. I'm telling you that. L- for Listen, the 10th time. Maybe if you're a professional wrestler or a Middle East dictator, but being in the media, it's the top of the list. Name one successful jerk on TV or radio. Um, how much time you got? I mean, I know of a rather rotund gas bag on AM radio, uh, yes! among many. And, and how about a cable news network that's uh, fully stocked? Um, they're doing quite well, by the way. Well... That's true, but fans gravitated to those. They see just being like them. It's not a complicated recipe. Look, I am like 47% of this country. You know, some may call us takers rather than makers, but I prefer the label high maintenance over parasite because yeah. that word is just too subjective. All right. How about this one? The Spud Goodman Show rocks. <laughs> 
Gerald, please don't quit your day job selling carpet and linoleum because that would be so dumb as listening to your ideas makes our brains go numb. Why don't you just say the Spud Goodman show isn't that lame? It's it's more accurate. It's, we don't always rock, okay? I can think of well, more than a few shows in the last few months where we've kind of lost our way and clearly didn't rock. Well, listen, Spud, you can't take a good catchphrase literally. That, that can lead to trouble. A great one, though, can shatter a previously held position. Like, say, uh, though most people around the world continue to ignore this show, you could still say that it's about the Spud Goodman show. It's the show that's heard around the world. It smells now, really good. We both know that this does not encompass more millions of people right now, but if enough people I want more millions. I know, but listen, if enough people feel others are getting into the show and they're missing out on things, it could start to really build. Are you willing to at least throw one out now that you've had time to think about it? No, I have nothing to add here. Well... That's not exactly showing much of a team spirit. J- just give it a try. You oh, might get into may, it. May, maybe later, all right? But now we need to bring on our next guest. See, see if he's on the line. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, it's the guy who made, they made that Van Wilder movie about. He's on the line. Oh, Burt Kreisner? Good. Yeah. You know, from reading about, about his life, he seems like he'd be an interesting guest. The, the man was, or was, or is a party machine. I guess we're going to find out. He's sort of like a Hunter Thompson light model. You know, I never did see that Van Wilder movie. I hope that doesn't make me sound like a prude. I, I think it was on HBO on one of their free preview weekends, but I had to change the channel because oh, it's, it's got a little bit off color. Oh, it, it was a National Lampoon production, for God's sakes. Just put them on. Uh, sure, sure. And I'll, I'll try to catch it sometime when the wife is out. Please welcome stand-up comedian, reality show host, author, and former world-class partier, Mr. Burt Kreischer, to our show. Uh, how you doing? We should run those backwards. Former world-class partier should start it off. Oh, maybe so. I feel like that's, the, that's my claim to fame. <laughs> well, let me ask you that. Am I correct with the former world-class partier? I know Rolling Stone tabbed you with that label in like 97, but that would be a long run. It's champ. You'd probably not be alive if you still held the crown, so I assume you've relinquished the title to younger competitors? Uh, I'll tell you what, I don't do shots anymore, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I stopped doing shots because I was like, because that's ultimately, I think, that is the, uh, the equivalent of a high five in the drinking community. Yes. And so every time I go on the road, every kid who's like 32 years old, like, dude, I got to do a shot with you. If you're under 25 and you see me in a mall and you know me, it is like, dude, please go into Dave and Buster's and do a shot with me. So I stopped doing shots this year. That's 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 where I'm at. Well, that's probably a wise move. Uh, maybe use a straw or something. Now we're, we're, we're you're just moderating. Is that what you're saying, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like if someone gives me a shot of Jack, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm drinking a glass of Jameson on the rocks. I'm not going to shoot Jack only to chase it with Jameson. Yeah. Good like, point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Or tequila in the middle of a whiskey drink. I'm like, no. I'm <laughs> so so uh, now I think you want to buy me a shot? Give me a shot of Jameson and a port over ice. Sip it. All right, super. Well, you're going to be appearing tonight and with two shows at 7.30 and 10 p.m. tomorrow and Saturday at the Parter Live Comedy Club in Bellevue, Washington. Um, all right, all right, Bert, let's do a little bit of This Is Your Life. I, I love to do that. Uh, going back to your college days at Florida State, in addition to Rolling Stone tagging you as a world-class partier, you're also tabbed by the New York Post as the prototype for the Van Wilder character. Off the record, are you currently on your second or third liver? 
<laughs> I'm on my first one. I have no idea how my pancreas is doing, but I'm on my first one still. All right, that's verified. <laughs> so, uh, do, do you all do colleges on your comedy tour? I was just curious to get your scouting report on today's college students. Could they go head to head with you and your peers back in the day? Are we seeing a decline in overall partying skills displayed by today's youth? What do you think? These kids these days are doing drugs. It's like I went and did a college out in Kansas, and these kids are like, they came up, and they're like, dude, I got a party with the machine. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, first of all, can I see IDs? Because I'm 42 years old, and I have children, and I would hate to be taking people's children out to get them hammered. Yes. And second of all, I'm only going to have one responsible beer with a, with a 21-year-old. He can't handle his liquor. Yes. And they're like, oh, no, no, we don't want to drink beer. We want to smoke DMT. And I went, what? And they're like, we want to smoke DMT and trip with you. I was like, there's no way I'm smoking a plant from Peru with you and going to go literally into another universe for 30 minutes so you can weekend at Bernie's my body. No, thank you. And I didn't get the weekend at Bernie's reference. So we didn't party. But, uh, um, yeah. So what, what's your take on fraternities, uh, pro-social groups that foster improved human inter- interaction or a cesspool of excessive hormones gone wild? What, what's your take? Oh, it's a cesspool. And I was in one for seven years. It yeah. is a cesspool of hormones gone wild. It's, I, look, I had a great time. I tell anyone out there, Russia fraternity, it's a blast. I had a fantastic time. Did I learn a lot of really bad habits? Of course. I mean, I write it about it in my book, uh, and I, I say it's a great place to learn sexism, racism, alcoholism, all the isms out there. It's, it's you know, you have level head going in. If you're a kind of impressionable young dude going into a fraternity, you can really get spun out into a hateful Republican. Yeah, but yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, well, you read yeah. the news. You've read the news lately, you know, University of Oklahoma, and, and obviously that's not a one-off kind of thing. Uh, you kind of live in an insular kind of protected bubble there, don't you? And, and, and people kind of kind of hang with their own, so uh, it, it fosters that, I would think. I've never, I was never in a frat. I, they made me puke, but, you know, I, I suppose there's a positive, Spot, and, you know. I can only imagine the debauchery that your guest Bert here has witnessed I, I say, participated in while in college. Are you concerned at all about the adolescents who might be listening in now? Not really, as kids don't really listen to my show. Our demographic is more with the Cialis crowd. Hearing stories about all-night partying for them is like reading about the Roman Empire in Caligula. It's titillating, but they know they'll never see that kind of action themselves. Now, I gotta get back to Bert if you don't mind. Oh, you bet. Well, yeah, I should probably also... Uh make a full disclosure here that they didn't have a lot of uh, frats at my community college to rush. So it's not like I you know, turned down a lot of offers. I got to be upfront with yeah, you. Yeah. So, all right. Well, now you hosted. Like, that's, like saying, that's like saying I didn't play division one sports. I chose not to. Well, they didn't have it at my community college. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, now you hosted a show on the travel channel, Bert the Conqueror. And now you have, you host a show called Trip Flip. Is that correct? Yeah. I have a show called Trip Flip. I had a show called Bert the Conqueror for a couple of years. And I've been doing Trip Flip now for about four years. It's a fantastic show. I pay people on Adventures of a Lifetime. I pay for it. I plan it. I find them on the street. And we do, I mean, literally bucket list weekends. I mean, it's four days in all. And I've been, this season we went to Japan, Vietnam, New Zealand, Tanzania, South Africa. Uh, We're taking off to Dallas or to Texas tomorrow. I go to Costa Rica tomorrow uh, for a vacation with my wife. And then we're off to Texas to run cattle across the state. And then wow. we head out to North Carolina 
to do a whitewater rafting trip down the state. So it, it is the dream job. It is a job of a lifetime. I am so lucky to have it. Well, um, well, as stated, you're an author. Uh, also, you wrote your life story, uh, Life of the Party, it was called. Uh, during your six yeah. or, or is it seven years as an undergraduate student, were you able to deduct your partying costs as business-related expenses in your Schedule C on your taxes? <laughs> I'm 42, and I still wouldn't know how to file taxes if you asked me. Oh. Thank God I married a smart woman. <laughs> I, would know, I would have known none of that in college, and I still know none of that. Okay, so you weren't able to depreciate your your body, the damage done, and oh, never mind for your research. Never mind. I'll move on there. Um, all right. Well, let yeah. me let, let me let me just say this one more time. Uh, Bert Kreisner will be appearing at the Parlor Live Comedy Club in Bellevue, Washington tonight, and with two shows at seven thirty and ten p.m. tomorrow and Saturday. Hey, we I we I should say me. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to call in tonight. All right. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, Mr. Bert Kreisner. Cops hate when you touch their faces. <laughs> but this will work, okay? Pay attention, gentlemen, pay attention. When you're driving home, you know how the cop pulls you over and they do that, like, that flashlight in all the windows and they distract you and you're nervous and then they're on top of you, they're like, do you know why I pulled you over? And you're like, oh, weed? I don't know. <laughs> this is what you do, okay? When the cop, when you see the lights go on, that's when I want you to start taking deep breaths. Calm down, relax, you're in control, okay? He'll be shining the flashlight, and when he comes up to it, he goes, excuse me, sir, do you know why I pulled you over? Don't answer that first one. Don't, you stare, and you just stare straight ahead. Now, the power's switched. <laughs> you're in control, he's confused, disoriented. Whoa, whoa, why isn't this guy answering me? Is he deaf, what's up? <laughs> That's when I want you to let him, let him ask you again. Excuse me, sir. Do you know why I pulled you? And this is what I want you to do, okay? Bold, powerful, confident. Take your finger, put it to his lips, and go, shh. <laughs> and let him know, gently, so he knows you're in control, stroke his mustache, just. and then take off. <laughs> the Spud Goodman Show, it has some merit. All right, once again, Furniture Girls. Have you ever seen a ghost that's still alive? That cuts like a mirror in my half Oh, 
Spud, our last guest, Ty Barnett, is now on the line waiting for you. Okay. You know, this guy's very funny. I saw him on The Tonight Show a few years back. Do you ever think uh, Jay Leno's missing hosting that show? Gosh, he's got so many cars and motorcycles to mess around with at his place. You'd think he's got plenty to do, probably, huh? I think Jay Leno is like a, a comedy vampire. If I was anyone now hosting a show anywhere on TV, I'd kind of be looking over my shoulder, that's for sure. Oh. Hey, put Ty on, because I want to talk to him about his new uh, Divided Comedy Tours. It sounds really interesting. Oh, okay, you got it. Please welcome to the show comedian, actor, Ty Barnett. Thanks very much for checking in with us tonight. Oh, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I am very, very, very appreciative of the opportunity. How are you? I'm doing great. So let me let me get this out. You're going to be appearing with Ian Harris uh, on the Divided Comedy Tour at the Lincoln Theater in Mount Vernon, uh, Washington, on Friday, March 27th, and also in Spokane at the Knitting Factory on Saturday, March 28th. So uh, yes, we're, yeah. we're doing the Northwest Rain As You Go tour. That's what it is. All right, super. <laughs> well, let, let's let's do a little bit of a bio here. You were the runner-up in the last comic standing in 2006. You've had a Comedy Central special. You've appeared on The Tonight Show. So what the heck prompted you to do a tour about some basic topics that the stand-up uh, comedian's manual says to lay off of, especially in certain parts of this country? Well, you know, um, I learned from doing last comic standing that because I started, actually, I started comedy in Seattle. So, so I learned uh, that, you know, you get, a, diff, you get a, a diverse audience. And then when I got put in front of a national stage with Last, with Last Comic and Comedy Central and The Tonight Show, 
I learned that, you know, you get so many different people from different walks of life, and they all kind of go through the same thing. We were parents. We, we deal with race issues. We deal with, we're frustrated with politicians. So everyone has these issues, but the thing is, and like you said, it's such a taboo thing to talk about, but that's because people don't look, you got to look at it from a lighter side. you got to have an open mind when you talk about these things, and that's what comedy does. It makes you laugh. It makes you relax and listen to certain things. So, you know, if you think back to, uh, I don't know how old you are, but, um, you know, you look at people like Archie Bunker. Oh, yeah. You look at Archie Bunker, he said some of the foulest stuff, but you had so many people tuning in. You had a George Jefferson, same thing, people tuning in. So everyone has these opinions. You just have to find the angle that is going to allow people to do it, and comedy seems to be the best way to do it. It's like they say you give a, to feed a bit, give them a spoonful of sugar. Right. That's what we do with the tour. We give you a spoonful of sugar before we hit you with the rest of the stuff we're talking about. Well, on our show, we enjoy getting into the issues that you and Ian are discussing on stage uh, on the tour, but usually I have to dance around it a bit with some guests, but no need to do so with you. So, hey, how's this, uh, no. how's this post-racial America working out so far, huh? Uh, kind of, I, don't think it's, I, don't, I don't think it's post-racial. I think it's still very racial. That's it, kind of my point uh, here. That's kind of my point, because it seems to me like we're not at the goal line yet, and maybe on a good day, maybe approaching midfield, maybe. We, you know what we are. I'm going to tell you, here's the thing with America. The, the difference is is that it's not as blatant. It's just such an undercut. And I'll tell you, as a black man that loves everybody, I love everybody. When, I'm saying, when I say that, I'm not saying it just for this interview. I love everyone. I've, I've been around the world. I've seen so many different cultures. And i got so many different friends of different backgrounds. So to me, when I see racial issues, I'm always like, really? Are we still dealing with this in 2015? And I think part of the reason, a big part of the reason, is that people want to act like we are not a racial country. But we are. And once you acknowledge it, then you can say, okay, here, there's a lot of racism still going around. Let's figure it out. But when people keep sweeping it under the rug and like, no, that wasn't what it was. He was just, no, that's not... That's the thing that keeps it going, and that's why when when you say a post, it's not post-racial because we've never really addressed it. We just kind of we talk about it for a week, and then we do our marches, we wear our t-shirts, and then we go on to the next thing. You know, so with with me, especially as a dad, I, I want my I want my kids to grow up in a world where they're not judged by what they look like, but what they actually are, who they are. Yeah, I just it to me personally, I just find it humorous that there's a narrative put forth by a certain, you know, like a broadcasting outlet and some in a segment of society that that uh, yeah, everything's just Jim Dandy, um, and let's move on. So I just it you know it's I don't I think the only way that changes is by challenging you know that that perspective. And it sounds like you and Ian are trying to do that on tour, so that's a good thing. So yes, because think about it, Ian. If you were to, if you look at the poster, the, if you look at the, the poster, I am a, I look I'm a black guy, man. If you look at Ian, he looks like a skinhead, but he's not. He's the furthest thing from it. And we've been friends for I don't know 15 years, something like that. Yeah. And I used to sleep on his couch when I first moved to Los Angeles, uh, and he actually helped me get acclimated to being there. And so. The reason why we decided to go on tour together is because he has some views on, on religion, like, you know, saying he's, he's an atheist and, you know, he, but he, again, here's the difference between Ian and I and some people who can't discuss these issues. We're very open-minded. Ian came over one time for like a, um, what were we watching? I think it was the Super Bowl we were watching or something like that. 
And we're sitting in the living room with about eight of us all in the room, and we're having this conversation about religion, and we're still laughing about it. No one got angry. No one wanted to leave the room. And I'm like, that's, what, that's another reason that prompted us to go on this tour, because we're like, man, we can do this. In this little room of people that are all from different backgrounds, let's take this on the road and show these people that you can believe what you want to believe. If you're a Buddhist, you, you, you're a Christian, whatever, whatever you believe, but just have that open mind, and that's what makes these topics able to be approachable, is to, to put that out there and say, hey, I heard what you said, I respect your opinion, now I'm going to say mine. All right. Um, yeah. Politics can be a divisive uh, area of discussion on stage. Have you, rec- have you received any strong feedback from the audience on this tour? I'll give you my personal opinion on politicians, period, whether you're Republican, Democrat, I don't care. To me, anyone that has never had to struggle will never totally understand the struggle of the average person. So if you're a politician and you're coming into office and you've had a silver spoon in your mouth the whole time, You've never been broke. You, if you don't know what top ramen tastes like, you can't really be a, the greatest politician in the world. You know what I'm saying? So you have to know what that struggle is in order to represent the people. So whenever you get anybody in office, whether it be whatever party, if they don't know what the common man or woman is, is dealing with, then you're going to always have those issues. It's always going to be divisive. Yeah, very very well stated. Um, I think um, I think some would agree that a great number of our politicians are are not there to serve uh, the people. They're there to serve special interests that got them, you know, the, into office through their of uh, support financially. Of course. But, yes. um, once again, I want I want to get this out before we end this thing. You're going to be performing with Ian Harris on the Divided Comedy Tour at the Lincoln Theater in Mount Vernon, Washington, on the 27th, and at the Knitting Factory in Spokane on the 28th. All right, we appreciate you calling in, Mr. Ty Barnett. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. All right, you take care. Have a good one, all right? You too, man. All right. And I got I got two daughters. Same mom. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Racist. Because um, did you see that? I, was, I got kids, so same mom. Are you serious? <laughs> You better take a picture of him. He's like a black unicorn. My, how time flies. Spud, I really feel we have to come up with at least a couple of really effective catchphrases that will help us in promoting the show to millions of potential fans out there. I'm very excited oh, about our future. If a really snappy catchphrase was all a show needed, don't you yeah. think that all that crap on the Hallmark Channel would be really popular outside of the grandma demographic? It's not that simple. Spud, I was going to save this for our staff meeting tomorrow, but I did get together with our voiceover guy, Dave, and made some potential show promos that incorporate an already successful catchphrase, ad campaign, with our show name. Uh, these spots could just push us over the top and maybe we'll get the respect what? we deserve. Uh, 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 Dave, roll the first one, will you? This is a Spud Goodman Show. The San Francisco Treat. Uh, uh, that's a good one, huh? Okay, Dave, roll the next one. Candy-coated popcorn, peanuts, and a prize. That's what you get in the Spud Goodman Show. See, that's that's pretty snappy, and I think a lot of potential will go viral there. All right, uh, and, and Dave, let's roll the last one. I really, really like this one. What walks downstairs, a loner in pairs, and makes a sneakity sound. A spring, a spring, a marvelous thing. Everyone knows it's the Spud Goodman Show. Oh, I was such a huge slinky aficionado growing up.
in the state of equilibrium of a slinky, all net force is cancelled throughout the entire slinky. Due to simple harmonic motion the period of oscillation of a dangling slinky is t equals 2 times pi times the square root of m over k. Actually, I still break mine out occasionally, so what do you think? <laughs> it's like you bastardized America! What? I mean, what are we but not our classic commercials? And you have desecrated our legacy as a country. Have you no shame? Oh, okay, listen, no one ever said the catchphrase had to be 100% original. A little appropriating in the founda- is the foundation of advertising. So well, what I, is the question? Don't be naive, Spud. I get it. You're not going to be an active participant in this effort, so I guess I'll confer with our executive producer, Lori, and I'm pretty sure she'll love my ideas. Oh, no doubt, but just don't expect me to spout them. As That's just not going to happen. You know, I, I know that's going to piss her off, but since I'm the only one on this show who does not wet themselves every time she orders them to do something, I'm going to stand strong and not back down on this one. Executive producer Laurie Madsen can make a grown man cry, often make them say, my oh my, before they slowly put their head in an oven and die. Well, I'm not going to lie here. It's disappointing to know that the host of this program will not be joining in this effort at rebranding the show. It's going to make our job much more difficult. If you could just mention them a few times, say at the top and the end of the show. No, no, look, if, if I ever, ever considered doing this, they would have to be like really, really brilliant original catchphrases. And no way anyone on this show is going to be able to come up with something that good. Well. Just wait and see, Spud. I've spent my whole life proving to others that there's much more to Gerald Holcomb than meets the eye. That's all I can ask. So I've also written down a list here of some other concepts. I, I wrote them down off the top of my head Great. during the show. I got to roll I, here. I thought oh, maybe I could run them by the listeners while we're on the air, you know, before we record them with a full production team and present them to an actual focus group. Well, I'm Guess sorry. What? I'm sorry. Okay, I, but we're out of time. Really? Well, it's just about quick ones, maybe. Just quick ones like this. The Spud Goodman Show. I'm loving it. Or uh, the Spud Goodman Show. It will pump you up. (laughs) How about this one? The Spud Goodman Show. Say hello to our little friend. Yeah, I think I'll answer you with uh, one from Nancy Reagan. Uh, Just say no. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, a portentous harbinger of what the Internet of Things has in store for us all. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. The executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pites. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Spud's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking.
an hour of the best of Northwest music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Lawrence, and I am the host of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Now, my regular co-host, Gina, she's off tonight because she's having little pregnancy issues. And, you know, I don't really know much about that stuff. But uh, anyway, uh, tonight I got with me here someone that won the contest that our executive producer put on to be our guest host for the night. So everybody say hello to Miranda. Thank you, Lawrence. This is so exciting. I had no idea earlier this week when I responded to the contest at your show's website that I would win and get to be here with you tonight. This is a dream come true. Well, you know what? Look, we, we should probably tell the audience that, that we dated a few times, you know, for disclosure and all, but, you know, that had nothing to do with you winning the contest. I was told that there were only two people that entered the contest, and the other person who I guess did win later decided against going on the air with you. So I am the lucky runner-up who is here now. Super. How cool is that? Look, I just want everyone to know that I had nothing to do with the contest or you being here tonight. Now, I got to disclose that we're no longer dating, and, 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 you know, it just didn't work out. I fully disagree with that assessment, Lawrence. You just need to let your heart take over and stop second-guessing yourself. The heart wants what the heart wants, Ugh. you know. Hey, uh, Lawrence, if you need me, I'll be over here tonight. Uh, nothing against you, lady, but everyone around the studio knows about your thing for ex-offenders. Not that I'm judging you, but being a prison groupie raises some flags, at least for me. I will not apologize for my prison outreach work. I like to think I have helped a lot of wayward men. You know, being locked up with other men who often spend their days in the weight room burning off steam is not an easy situation to deal okay. with. All right, super. Uh, without the presence of a woman, men act out, so I just try to be there and fill the bo- void if possible. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I didn't have much time, you know, to hang out in the weight room myself because I was studying. I was taking online co- college classes. You know, that was what was filling up my days. <laughs> but you would never know it. It is you are so buff, almost chiseled. Yeah. What do you bench press? I don't know. Maybe two thirty on a good day. You know, like I said, I, look, I really don't have time for the gym. And you still say you never were on that MSNBC lockup show when they came to Pelican Bay Prison in California. No. I would swear I saw you on an episode they shot there. You had your shirt off in the yard, walking around in a slow and deliberate pace, somewhat Super. menacing, but still showing the human side of a man locked up like an animal. Right, you know, I, I was a trustee the last couple of years, so, you know, so I did get to come and go pretty much as I wanted, you know. I gotta tell you, it wasn't half bad, to be honest. Look, just let me know if you want me to step in and run interference for you, Lawrence. If you think you are going to block me here, you have seriously misjudged me. I don't play, so back the hell off, Donald. Hey, it's Derek, and I'm not going anywhere. I'll be watching you. Hey, hey, okay, okay, why, why don't we just introduce the rest of the panel right now, all right? Okay, so we got here Dave on the soundboard. Hey, Dave, glad you're here. How's it going? Hello. It's going all right. I think we're doing all right tonight. Oh, and sitting next to next to Dave, we got Mike as our engineer. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. And then, of course, we got our two interns. We got Trent and Anna from Pierce College there. Hey, y'all. 
and welcome back Trent and you know it's good to see that you guys made it through the spring break you didn't have any major incidents or accidents or nothing so and of course we do got Derek on the highlights yeah and I'm here for you Lawrence just remember that well, I, I guess I appreciate that, but uh, hey, hey, why don't we wait, start off with some music here? We're going to start off with some Merle Haggard with The Bottle Let Me Down. And after that, we have Titus Andronicus with Food Fight. Let's hear this. Each night I leave the bar room when it's over Not feeling any pain at closing time But tonight your memory found me much too sober I couldn't drink enough to keep you off my mind Tonight the bottle let me down And let your memory come around The one true friend I thought I'd found Tonight the bottle let me down I've always had a bottle I could turn to And lately I've been turning every day But the wine don't take effect the way it used to And I'm hurting
listening to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, in the studio we go with us tonight, Furniture Girls. Hey, y'all, how you doing tonight? Yeah, good. Looking good out there. Hey, you know, I want to thank you all for hanging out and, you know, playing one more song for us tonight. But before you guys get into that, I'm going to ask you a question. You got five of you in your band, right? So the odds are pretty good that some of you guys have done some time. So who who in the band done the most time? Um, The Fearless Leader. Oh, everybody's pointing at everybody else. I like that. Kind of sharing the wealth there, spreading it out, the love. (laughs) All right. right, There's only two girls in the band. I noticed that, you know, but I don't have any proof that any of you done any woodworking or anything or worked a mortise uh, joint or anything like that. So, you know, making Adirondack chairs or something, uh, where'd you get the name of the band? It's actually uh, an obscure reference to sci-fi classic Soylent Green. Super. Oh, Soylent Green, right? That goes way back. Yeah. Way back. All right. Shout out to good old old school sci-fi. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, uh, now with the band, as many people as you got in this band, you know, do you have to drive two vehicles to gigs? Or oh, like, because you can only get two people in a Mini Cooper, you pull that behind the bus or something. We try so hard to plan well and organize, but we're so bad at that that we wind up like everybody takes their own car and we're laughed at. It's really bad. You know, rock and roll <laughs> ain't about super. organization. So, <laughs> all right, now, now, what's the favorite Oreo flavor? Because you know, there's like 15 flavors of Oreo. So, what's y'all's favorite? Original. Original. Double stuff. Oh, no, okay, see, I see. <laughs> All right. Okay, so you're going to play one more song for us tonight. What's the name of the last song you're playing? Uh, this is The Deep End. All right, finish your girls. You told them I'd come back to haunt you I've seen you watching me When you think no one else can see Believe me, I've watched you Me and you want more 
isn't this your idea but well look out pretty good see how I come well look out pretty good see how I come I'm coming I'm coming for ya I'm coming for ya baby I'm coming I'm coming for ya I'm coming for ya Alright, alright, looks like we got something good coming up here. Hey Derek, what we got? Hey, what's going on? Uh, so our first clip of the night, we've got Spud chatting with D.L. Hughley about the level of competition on Dancing with the Stars and shattering stereotypes. I love your reverb. In our mentality, and it's easy to work with people that uh, work from that perspective. Alright, super. Well, in 2013, you were on Dancing with the Stars. Margaret Cho <laughs> has been a guest here a few times, and she said you can make major bank on that show if you hang around for a while. So my question is, how competitive is the vibe before the show? Is it like comparable to the NFL locker room before kickoff with everybody zoned out with their headphones Only getting ready to dance? people who are good at dancing. I imagine the people who are good at dancing yeah. need to have a shot. For me, it wasn't that competitive. because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm proud of myself because I was the one black dude that changed the perspective that all black people could dance. So I was, I was very proud of that. But uh, I think it, it's kind of, uh, you know, uh, it is kind of, uh, they, they are very definitely uh, want to challenge each other. And there's a little testosterone when people feel like they got a chance of winning. Yeah, well, um, you didn't do that bad, by the way. I think you're being uh, hard on yourself, but all right. Um, <laughs> you, you had a show on CNN, and I was wondering. Well, Derek, do you know how to dance? You know, I've uh, back in eighth grade, I used to be uh, part of a breakdancing crew in middle school. Oh, were you really? Yeah, I was. I would like to see that. Maybe you got some videotape that you could break out for some time? No, that was like the pre-YouTube era and everything. Otherwise, there would have been videos floating around, I'm sure. Oh, but you no, didn't even never... get any eight millimeter or nothing like that? No, no, no. Or nine millimeter or ten millimeter. What's the we, millimeter? We, we, we stayed kind of low key. We kept it to school dances and everything like that. So oh, yeah. You we, know never what? Really, we never really got out. We weren't we weren't trying to, you know, blow up at it such a young age. You know what? If I buy you a box of mac and cheese, will you teach me some moves? Yeah. That sounds like a fair trade. I like that. It's a deal. We got ourselves a deal. All right. All right. We're going to talk about that off the air. But in the meantime, we'll get back to some music here. We got a, a, a band here from Britain uh, from the 1960s. It's the Honeycombs with Have I the Right? And then we have the Cody Foster Army with a cut off their smoking gun EP titled Somewhere Fast and Last. We got Devo with a live version of Mongoloid. Enjoy. Oh, 
touch you If I could you'd see how much you Send those shivers running down my spine
Greetings, Spuds. How are you? This is strange. <laughs> You're watching Devo time travel here. And a strange idea to play your whole first record in the order. <laughs> We've never done that. But it's reminding us of one thing that's really happened in 30 years. How many people here tonight believe that de-evolution is real? Still some skeptics. Are we not men? Are we not men? Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. You have a phone call. Oh, this is exciting. All right, well, let's take that call here. Uh, uh, Carla, Carla, you there? Hello? Hello there, Carla. You're on the air. Uh, Lawrence, it's Gina. Uh, Didn't Gina. they tell that joke of a filling guest host to let you know? I mean, gosh, how, how hard is it to take care of that? In my defense, I was unsure of the phone line protocol. Uh, Gina, 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 how you doing tonight? You know, I, I hope you're not still throwing up you like you were last week. Man, there was something to see with you with that puke bucket right there next to you during the show. Oh, you were a trooper, I tell you. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. This pregnancy thing is kicking my butt. Uh, I don't do the whole throwing up thing well, but, you know, the show must go on, right? Right now, everything is okay, but okay. I don't think I should risk it again this week. I, I should be good to go next week, so. Okay. Well, if you aren't feeling up to it, I'm volunteering my services. Lawrence and I do seem to have developed considerable on-air chemistry here in the studio. Don't you agree? Yeah, I've been listening, and I sure don't hear it. I was asking Lawrence. Okay, uh, all right, super. You know, okay, okay, well, you know, you're doing a nice job here. You know, but, but Gina, I got to tell you, she is an experienced radio veteran. Now, did you know that she graduated from the Bates Vocational School's broadcasting program? <laughs> is that where she learned how to be Spud's designated laugher? <laughs> that must take a lot of talent. Hey, yeah. Now, I resent that remark. I'm not just a laugher. What I do on sports program is just one aspect of my professional. And, and excuse me, so where did you get your GED at? Uh, okay, okay. Maybe Super, we got to um, change the conversation up here a little bit. And, uh, Gina, did you know the sex of the baby yet? Because, you know, I, I never got a chance to ask you about that. Well, 
My boyfriend and I uh, want to wait and, and be surprised. Uh, so, Miranda, can I ask you if you have ever dated anyone who has not been incarcerated? You know, back when I was younger, just out of high school, I met these two girls who would make it their mission to personally greet most of the touring rock musicians coming to Seattle. And uh, not those that were pay- playing in coliseums or, or the big venues. No, we're talking about those who pay to play in clubs. I mean, guys on the last tour, if you could even call them tours, it was very tragic. Super. The heart wants what the heart wants, and I will not apologize for my desires. Uh, yeah, uh, all right, now, I think I need to get back to playing some more music. Hey, hey Gina, I really do hope I see you next week. All right, I will be there. You can be assured of that. <laughs> Trying to block me only turns up my competitive juices, so bring it. Ooh, oh, all right, well, well, music time it is then. All right, we're going to get uh, playing off with uh, Bruce Springsteen and his song, Bring Him Home. And then we have the Copper Gammons with Oh Well Well. There we go. If you love this land of the free, bring them home, bring them home. Bring them back from overseas. Bring them home, bring them home. It'll make the politicians sad, I know. Bring them home, bring them home. They want to tangle with their foes. Bring them home, bring them home. They want to test the grand theory. Bring them home, bring them home. With the blood of you and me. Bring them home, bring them home. We'll give no more brave young lives. Bring them home, bring them home For the gleam in someone's eyes Bring them home, bring them Cheer and the boys will shout Bring them home, bring them home And we will all turn out Bring them home, bring them home The church bells will ring with joy Bring them home, bring them home To welcome our darling girls and boys Bring them home, bring them home We'll lift our voice in song Bring them home, bring them 
Human Post Show Report. Uh, bring us in, Derek. So yeah, for our second highlight of tonight, we have uh, Spud talking to comedian Bert Kreischer about the pros and cons of joining a fraternity. Let's so just be aware of that. Um, yeah. So what what's your take on fraternities, uh, pro social groups that foster improved human inter- interaction, or a cesspool of excessive hormones gone wild? What what's your take? Oh, it's a cesspool, and I was in one for seven years. It yeah. is a cesspool of hormones gone wild. It's. I, look, I had a great time. I tell anyone out there, Russian fraternity, it's a blast. I had a fantastic time. Did I learn a lot of really bad habits? Of course. I mean, I write it about in my book, uh, and I, I say it's a great place to learn sexism, racism, alcoholism, all the isms out there. It's, it's you know, you have a level head going in. If you're a kind of impressionable young dude going into a fraternity, you can really get spun out into a hateful Republican. Yeah, but yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, well, you read yeah. the news. You've read the news lately, you know, University of Oklahoma, and, and obviously that's not a one-off kind of thing. Uh, you kind of live in an insular kind of protected bubble there, don't you? And, and, and people kind of kind of hang with their own, so uh, it, it fosters that, I would think. I've never, I was never in a frat. I, they made me puke, but, you know, I, I suppose there's a positive, you know, uh, I mean, you had a good time, right? I had a good time. Look, it's a great way when you're young, to, if you don't take it too seriously, it's a great place to meet girls, to meet cool dudes. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I just like Spud, I was never in a frat neither, but I tell you what, I got a gist of the frat experience because, you know, you get those gangs in the, you know, like the Aryans and the prison stuff. Yeah, that's got to be kind of similar, you know, like you've got the people that separate themselves and it's like you yeah. know, rival, rival frats, rival gangs. Exactly. I, I kind of got the frat experience too. Like I played in a band that uh, played a lot of colleges and stuff. So we'd go to a lot of frat parties. So I got all the cool benefits of being in a frat without ever having to go through like the hazing and all that stuff that comes along with joining the frat. So you did like the the, the express, the yeah. fast track. To, yeah, I got like the fast pass fraternity so you're smart membership. Yeah, I got in through the back door. So for all you listeners out there that want to go into a frat without getting hazed or rush week or whatever... You just get in a band and play for those frat parties. Play colleges. So do it. Yeah. What do you think? Isn't that the way to do it, Miranda? Oh, well, if you say so, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> you get uh, you get a lot of free beer uh, playing those frat parties. Oh yeah. Hey, that's that's, that's the best in the world. Too. It's all yeah. about the free yeah. beer. Yeah, that's the best price in the world. They, you know, they should just let you buy a cars with free beer. That's what I. Was we saying. actually uh, took a couple kegs a few times. Oh, there you from go. The parties like we loaded them in the back of the van. Keep we those rich SOBs move, move, a thing or two. Move the drums around a little bit. Super. And, you know, fit a keg in there. <laughs> See that? You're brilliant. Yeah. That's why we got you around here. All right. Now let's get back to some more music here. We're gonna start with a classic, and it's just as vital today as when it was released back in 1989. This is Public Enemy with Fight the Power, and then we have a band from Victoria, BC called Wand, and their song is Flying Golems. Yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped, best prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight.
Okay, talk to me about the future of Public Enemy. Future of Public Enemy got a f***.
this is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. You know, I got a taste for another celebrity highlight, dude. Well, it's a good thing you got that taste because I've got another one to dish up for you. Nice. So our final clip of the night, we get to hear comedian Ty Barnett talking about the pitfalls of the social media soapbox culture we live in and how he's using comedy to try and turn it around. Whatever you, whatever you believe, but just have that open mind and that's what makes these topics able to be approachable is to, to put that out there and say, hey, I heard what you said. I respect your opinion. Now I'm going to say mine. What people do is they beat you in the head with it. Like, no, my opinion is the only one that matters. My own opinion is the only one that matters. And that turns people off. So yes. that's why we're bringing this comedic spin on it. And we're also bringing Lucas Seeley, uh, who is, um, he's, he's Asian, but he can also pass for Polynesian. So we, we, got a, we got a lot. We got a Wow, that's pretty talented. This it's guy can pass for Polynesian and Asian, this guy? Yeah. Yeah. So where I said they could diversify the, the comedy. Is that what they need to do with that? Yeah, I think it's always good to have someone, you know, with a little bit of diversity in there. You know, someone that can kind of bounce between two worlds. Yeah, yeah. You could say. Yeah, you got it. Because, you know, if everybody looks alike, like, for example, if you had, like, quintuplets doing a comedy routine, they'd get boring fast because, you know, you, you don't know who you're listening to because they all look and sound the same. Yeah, if they were doing characters or something, just, like, voice characters, you wouldn't know. Like, you'd lose track, especially if they, like, shuffled around on stage. Yeah, You exactly. could lose track of it really easily. It's like the hat trick game at the Mariners. You know, oh, yeah. Like when the ball goes under the hat and you have to like follow it around. You got to figure out which hat it's It would under. be like that. It would be like a game within the comedy show. It's like the like, show game. But yeah. with comedy, yeah, that would be no good. Like those guys who did three Carmonte in the joint, it'd be like one of those. And you know, you, you feel like you just lost your money for what? Yeah. That, that hat trick game with the ball games is rigged. You they so? play the same length of video right through. And, the, and, the, and at the very end, they just uncover a different hat. You know what? I know a guy who can spot those guys. I'm going to have him go to a Mariners game and figure it out for me. Yeah. I, that I, ain't it, right. It, it's the same video over and over. They just lift a different hat every oh, time. See, that time when they're good. spinning around real fast, you know. Yeah. Anything can happen in there. Uh, you know what? Let's do one more song. How about how about that? We got a classic here. Now, we're going to go back to the UK again. This time, we got Adam and the Ants with Ant Music.
Gentlemen, post show report. All right. Looks like we've reached the end of tonight's program here because time really flies by. You know, Miranda, we do appreciate you being our guest co-host tonight. You know, when you filled in for Gina here, you know, I hope you didn't feel slighted by some of the things that people were saying and all, all right, about super. you. Well, I do feel that my work with those who have spent time incarcerated has been misconstrued. I just feel this is an area where I can best serve the community. Have I dated some of the men I have met through our outreach program? Yes, I have. Uh, Have I maybe developed an attraction to men who have spent time in a prison setting? Well, it's quite possible as this work is my passion. Ensuring guys like you, Lawrence, have the opportunity to socialize with women while still incarcerated and later when released. Super, super. Well, I for one, thank you for your service. It's gratifying that... You and the other men I see, both inside and outside, do appreciate my efforts. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I'm just curious. How many men are you seeing right now? At the state or federal level? Both. Uh, Well, I stopped seeing inmates at the county jail last year. Not enough hours in the day, so I had to cut back somewhere. Super. Oh, wow. You know, I wasn't aware that you were so uh, active in your work. Like I said, Lawrence, keep your eyes open, man. I read on Facebook there's a lot of these prison groupies around. Guys like you are like catnip for women into this. Mm. I read that Charles Manson has had like 15 fiancés over the last 25 (laughs) years. Charles Manson is a player, and no self-respecting woman would want to get involved with a man like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know know what? I think I probably should thank our panel for tonight. Now, we got Dave on the soundboard. It's always well done, Dave. Thank you, sir. A pleasure as always to participate. Oh, pleasure as, as always, I tell you. And of course, we got Mike, our engineer. Nice job. Mike. Thank you, sir. Excellent. We appreciate you. Derek, of course, your highlights always spot on. We, we love what you do here. I'm going to keep serving them hot and fresh just for you, Lawrence. Just for me? I appreciate that. You know, of course, we got to mention Trent and Anna, our two interns from Pierce College. Thank Super. you for your service. We appreciate you, bro. All right. Now, you know what? I'm going to give, uh, I, I, I got to give thanks to all of you guys. I I would like to give a shout out to anybody now listening to this show on a prison computer or laptop. <laughs> I would guess smartphones are still contraband. But anyway, if you find yourself feeling lonely, just look me up on Facebook and we can start off being pen pals and... <laughs> See where it goes from there. Super. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll have to see. But you know what? For the for the meantime, what we'll do is let's just roll out the show here with one last song by Courtney Barnett. This is called Pickles from a Jaw. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Wait. <laughs> Sorry. Let's do that again. I say dance. You say dance. Say friends, you say France. You're from Adelaide, I'm from Hobart. I say Hugh, you say Grant. I say Pot, you say Plant.
Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Associate producer, David Deere. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Audio highlights, Derek Schneider. Our interns are Anna Howell and Trent Botello. Theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking.